The Top Agents Playbook Podcast is proudly brought to you by Real Ads. Real Ads brings all your high-value real estate tech tools together in one platform to slash cost and boost marketing at the same time. Discover the future of real estate marketing by Googling Real Ads CRM. That's R-E-A-L-A-D-S-C-R-M. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode on the Top Agents Playbook podcast. Uh, it's right on Christmas time, so best wishes for from me to you and yours for a fabulous holiday season, uh, Christmas, if that's your thing. Uh, whatever is going on in your world, I hope it's awesome. Now, um, I was looking to create some content, and the the awesome, speaking of awesome, the awesome guy who produces the show each week, uh, Joel Sharpton from Louisiana, USA, um, gave me a nudge and said, dude, we need some content. What's going on? You, you, you asked me to stay on your back about all this stuff. And, uh, and I said, Joel, I got nothing up my sleeve. I got nothing recorded. I got nothing in, in waiting. Why don't you and I have a chat? So Joel, welcome. Good morning. How are you, my friend? Hello, Ray. It is always such a good time to talk to you. Uh, and it is, it's nice that in our case, we can like afford to hang out for a little while and make it worthwhile to both of us and both of our audiences by <laughs> creating content out of it. I love that. It's, it's, it's cool, sneaky, it? right? It's like a cheat code to life. <laughs> it is. It is. Whatever that is. It sounds awesome. I think I, I think I ate one of those once. Hey, tell me, uh, have you got all your Chrissy shopping done for the kids? Uh, yes, actually. So I think uh, I. it's funny. This year, <laughs> Kelly, my my lovely wife, Kelly, has been Kelly. Um, sort of messing with me all holiday season Today, because Kel. I have bought more gifts than normal. Normally, I just hand her a big chunk of money and say, right. go and do go our children well. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, this year I had a bunch of ideas, man. So I, I had plans specifically for what I thought the kids might want and what, the, right. what they might like. So it's right. one of those years where dad was very involved in the shopping. So about the first half yeah. of it was me. And then now I've started just handing her money. So I think uh, two days ago, three days ago, she finished all of the orders for the kids. I think she's totally done. I, uh, um, as of this recording, have not finished her shopping yet. I've got Only a couple of items left for her. Oh, you've got 10 days, dude. You've got yeah, that's, that's that's my thought, now, right? There's some nice a, shops local. If I was a kid in the Sharpton family, could I be expecting a little bit of technology under the tree this Christmas? Oh, every year, every <laughs> year, Ray. Uh, last year was probably our least technologically bent, and it was a digital piano. Right. <laughs> that was like the big right. gift for the family. We got that's a nice a cool gift. piano in the – well, I thought so. I will say – uh, that is one of the things in 2023 that got less use overall than I expected it to. Okay. None of the children have dove in with piano lessons. All of them, though, are musical and pick at it. Uh, several of them read some read a little bit of sheet music. They're not great at it, but you know they they they're okay. And Kelly actually reads music. And she's played it probably more than any of the kids, but right. it is nice to have. And it's a cool piece. It looks nice in the you know it's a nice piece of furniture too. But also. Uh, it's nice to have music, like live music in the house. It is. That is it nice. Is. I'm hoping they do more of that in 2024. Now, speaking of live music and and music and Kelly, have you played have you played Super Kel my 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 latest tune? Uh, Ray, it showed up on my Spotify Wrapped for right. 2023. Did it? <laughs> yeah. It did. <laughs> now, 
to be fair, I don't use Spotify. I don't, I, I know, I love it. I don't use Spotify as a primary rule. I use Apple Music as my main uh, uh, right. listening thing. And my Apple Music, my they have one too. They call theirs Replay, I think, Apple Music Replay. But um, their uh, wrap-up for the year is never quite as useful to me as I want it to be because my kids use you know, uh, a smart assistants around the home to play music a lot. And those yeah. are connected to my account. <laughs> so yeah. there's always like a lot of Taylor Swift, <laughs> a lot of stuff going this year, on. this year, the one that showed up that surprised me the most, uh, there's a, on Apple TV plus there is a Christmas movie called spirited. I believe is the name of it. It's okay. got Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds oh, and okay. they, it's a musical. Right. And my kids played that hundreds of times this year through right. apple music the okay. soundtrack to that even after the christmas season i don't it, my son in particular, I'll have one of my sons that. likes it it's really good go check it out I, honestly it's like a um it's a take on the scrooge story in a right. way it's like right. um it, it's a version of a christmas carol but it's it's really really well done and those two guys are hilarious will yeah. ferrell and, and yeah. ryan Reynolds are great yeah uh this year there is more technology under the tree i don't mind telling you um now i will say two of my children got more uh fabric gifts let's put it like that uh, right. some furniture and some clothing and things like that but two right. kids yeah absolutely we got a we got a new console that's on the way and and we got a a hoverboard somebody's nice. got a hoverboard coming that's crazy have you got any water down there in louisiana with those no mate, what about the gators no no not not that kind of hoverboard uh ray a uh one of the like I oh, don't know why they call them hoverboards. Oh, it's like a skateboard that's sideways, gotcha. sort of. It's gotcha. like uh, it's got big wheels on the side, like like two big wheels on the okay. side, and then a flat platform in the middle. And it's like gyrometers and whatever, so you can stand and just by sort of leaning one way or the other, you right. move around the room. Right. I am convinced that they're just going to bust their asses, but I don't know. Maybe it'll okay. be maybe it'll be great. We'll see what happens. Now, back to me, Joel, just for a sec. For those yes. that don't know, I did record a song in July this year. I went down to uh, yes to uh, my friend Amanda Lynn Parker, who has a uh, recording studio down in um, Niagara Falls or close to Niagara. And anyway, um, the song is called Expletive F-Bomb, This Fire's Hot. Um, I'm not huge on swearing, but I swear a lot in that song, but there's kind of no other word that would work and when i when i showed it to my dad he's gone you idiot that's not going to get played on the wireless i hope you realize (laughs) good point dad good point anyway if you want to check it out uh not for little ears but yes this fire's hot um f-bomb is the first word it's on spotify it's wherever you get your music and it's on youtube as well check out the uh it was just one take and I look like an idiot, but it doesn't matter. And it worked out okay. We're we're standing. So Ray, you say you say not for little ears, correct? But I in my house, and I think this can go for any of your audience that is American or or Canadian. I think probably can adopt this rule as well. Uh, you folks can just do what I do. Australian cursing doesn't count. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> so is- in your accent, it doesn't it it, it doesn't count. My, my kids. Oh, oh, F this fire's hot. (laughs) Yeah, you just you just put on the accent, bud, and it's fine. (laughs) Go around to the shops. Every time you do it, you sound like an Englishman. Anyhow. I'm sorry. I try. I try. (laughs) You know, you that that accent in college got me lots of phone numbers. Did it? You crazy. Oh, Southern women love Australia. Ray, if, if if things ever go south. 
I'm telling you, go south. Your That's accent cool. will kill down here. Next time I get married, I might head down. <laughs> I might head down looking for a bride. Get you a Southern Belle, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. No, I'm right. Not let's and I can't let's, let's talk a little bit about. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what that um, what that experience was like. I want to ask you specifically. Making a song like that, I think a lot of people in your position, you know, you're a you're a business owner, you have been in real estate for decades, uh, you've got all these coaching clients, people look up to you, they're like following your opinion. I think a lot of people, once they develop an audience, once they develop a public reputation of any sort, they get very tight about creative endeavors that aren't right up the, like never mind the expletive because again i think australian cursing doesn't count but no, just the idea of making a silly song yeah like did it ever bother you did you ever think ah, maybe i shouldn't put this out anywhere um not really i just wanted to do it and i kind of did it so um nobody else would do it because i'd played it to it for a few people <laughs> and and um it it uh, i mean i love playing guitar and i love playing guitar around the fire in the summer or in the fall or the spring or whenever i can basically so it's a bit of fun. It's just a great time. And um, this song came about, we were sitting around the fire with my buddy Zach, who was sort of uh, dozing off a little bit. And the fire did get really hot and nearly burnt his shoe. And then he jumped up and said that. And uh, that's where the whole thing came from. So i got to give uh, Zach uh, credit for, for the song title. Uh, but then I threw uh, I threw some lyrics around it and some uh, and some rhyming and uh, all of that sort of thing. So um, some other friends of ours on the lake, um, and I mentioned Amanda Amanda Lynn Parker. Who um, check out Amanda Lynn Parker? She's a fabulous musician. You can check out she follow really her is. on Insta or or whatever. But she's amazing. Uh, anyway, she said we should record this. So um, so I went down and Amanda and I basically did the whole thing. And you say the experience? It was a fabulous experience. We. Um, sort of did the guitar track first, and I'd never done anything like this before. Then we did some finger snaps, and then we did uh, Amanda. She can play anything anyway. She can play like any kind of guitar, any kind of keyboard. So she did the bass. We worked out the bass riff, um, and we just laid all these different tracks down. Um, and I listened through a metronome because I'm inclined to speed up or slow down. I'd make a good drummer, I reckon. <laughs> so um, so that's that's what happened, and then. Um, the film the film guys turned up about five o'clock just as it was getting darker or about six o'clock. Um, no, it was in the summer, so it was probably more like about seven. And uh, we lit the fire and they just recorded it. And by 9.30, I think it was all done. So uh, That's so uh, awesome. That's that's how it happened, yeah. So it's amazing. So it was just such a fun experience anyway. So, yeah, a lot of fun. So, But here's the, here's the takeaway for anybody listening to this, though, for me, is like those little ideas that you have, don't quash them, you know, no. don't, don't say, well, so I shouldn't do that. I can't do that. No, man. Like if you hear a TikTok dance that you dig, like do it with your staff, you know? Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Or do one with your kids or, you know, I had a hair last year to do these motivational music Monday things right. where it's a song that I, and I, I don't even, it's not even about the song. It's generally about like one piece of the lyric and something that is, is interesting to me and calls out that doesn't have anything to do with my business really, but it is something that it's about, it's a part of me, right. That I'm exposing to the public in some way. Yeah. And you and I have talked many times in the past, no matter what business you're in, but particularly in something like real estate or mortgage where 
what you can offer, honestly, is regulated and narrowed in such a way that it like, how do you differentiate yeah. from your competitors? Yeah. Everybody knows the same rules that you do. Everybody knows the same um, you know, process that you do. Uh, maybe you've got a great marketing guy or something like that. But what can differentiate yourself, what will always differentiate yourself is who you are. Yep. So, you know, Ray, you you are a guy who likes to sit around the fire and have a couple of brews and enjoy good times with good Being people. Known to. Right. Yep. And that's what that song is about. It's yeah. the exact thing that happens yeah. when you're sitting around having a good time. And there's always that one guy who might have a few too many. There is good I Bill. Ends up Bill's on the video. Close to the right. <laughs> yeah. I in my life, my my wife and I often refer to our friend who that one time ended up in the laundry room on the floor right. for a long time at the party, right? And there's a speed between fancy dinner party and on the floor in the laundry room, oh, right? Gosh. That's where you yeah. want to stay when you're having fun. You stay in that lane. That's yeah. what that song's about, staying in that lane, man. Anyway, my point is, if you got a silly idea as a business owner, don't feel like it's going to uh, negate your reputation or chase away clientele or something if someone thinks well he made a silly song i can't do business with him you don't want to do business with that a-hole anyway mm -hmm. yeah am i right right yep yep like you'll accept it self-selecting in a good people. way yeah i know people are going to probably listen to it and go this guy's an idiot and um you know <laughs> you shouldn't be doing it but like you know whatever people have said worse things and like i said <laughs> i'm not big on swearing but the word just works in there because we've all kind of experienced that. We've all got a bit too close to the fire and, and that's what goes on. Well, but you've touched on an interesting point and I've just finished two episodes with my brother, Tim, who wrote a book about branding, um, you know, telling your brand story. And Timmy's really big on that and uh, he's very, very good at it and his clients love it and he gets them amazing results. But when you put yourself out there in a video, I'm not talking about the song. I'm, I'm now getting back on my real estate horse to talk about my agent friends that I work with. The power of video is enormous and you don't need to be a rock star, George Clooney, Leo DiCaprio quality actor. Um, you and I were just talking before about a piece of technology that we might get into, uh, the prompt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, but you, there are so many great tools and toys now that you can put yourself out there and um, I believe, you know, every agent that I know has got a story. A lot of people have got a, a wonderful backstory. I work with a guy who's a who used to be a pilot. You know, he's got a bunch of stories. Um, and uh, g'day, Daryl, if you're listening. And and he's he's able to, like, share his story about, you know, the time when he was a pilot. And it's like we all arrived at this point. And video is a great way to do it. And I love video at the moment, Joel, because it's not a very crowded space. Like in our in the real estate world, if you go to say YouTube, there's not a lot going on, and we can offer, we can quickly build a profile in our area um, about you know different things that we can that we can do and and the stuff that we bring to the table and tell a little bit of our story. The thing about real estate and people do these walkthroughs and, and houses and houses for sale and stuff like that. There's only ever four or five percent of people who are actually looking to buy or sell at any one time. So if all your content is real estate content, you've just eliminated 95% of your market. So anyway, that's an interesting point. I got a little off topic, but- but The uh, number one thing, on the number one thing that I would do if I was in real estate or mortgage is I would create a series of videos where I just go to every shop in town and I shoot five, 10 minutes worth of content that I then cut up into a reel or two. Yep. So- from five to 10 minutes to 90 seconds, a couple of times, maybe right about that shop. 
yeah. that restaurant, that cafe, that bar, that business. Nothing about my real estate business. No. First and foremost, every one of those businesses is desperate for content themselves. They're going to share it immediately. And now your name and your social media is in front of all of their audience yeah. right away. Right. But also you've made fans out of all of those business owners. Don't they buy homes? Don't they sell property? Don't they make real estate investments? Yeah. Yeah. So all of those are potential contacts. And, and here's the other thing I'll just say, like right up off the top, before we get into some technology, Ray, about video, I'm a million percent with you. And I hear so many of my clients say, I don't want public video. I don't want to make, I don't want a YouTube channel to run. First of all, I think that's the wrong move. I think you can have a YouTube channel, even if you don't want to put your face on it very often. And we'll talk about that later too. But even if you don't want to have a public channel for video like that, even if you don't want to make Instagram reels or whatever, you still need to incorporate video as a real estate owner, as a real estate uh, uh, agent, as a mortgage officer, as any business owner, simply by sending your clients video. Yep. Instead of replying with the text, send in an email, record a video, literally hold it up selfie style, yep. tell them what you were going to tell them, and send that video. Yep. It The personal contact will change your business. Yep. It'll mean more when they see your face saying the words than if they got a text or email. So yep. much of that can be automated, right? The videos can't be automated. That's the one downside is it's going to take your time. These yep. can be quick hits though. 30 seconds, 60 seconds, answer the question and go. Listen, there's ways if you really want to do it, don't mention their names specifically. Cut one of those videos that answers the question that gets answered commonly. Have a little library of those and send them out to the clients when they're appropriate, right? Yep. I mean, you could do it that way too if you want. I always say it's better to say their name. Ray, I'm calling you today. Um, I just, I thought about this and I said, it'd be easier to make you a video than a text. I can tell yep. you the whole thing real quickly. Yep. Listen, I, here's the answer to your question. Here's a thing that I thought of. And then here's what we're going to do in our next meeting. Yep. I love it. Thanks so much, man. I'm talking to, talk to you soon. You know, boom, it's and you're so out. Easy. I mean, and even at the moment, like my, my clients and, and the agents that I'm working with, most of our messaging is uh, is on Messenger or WhatsApp or Voxer, how you and I first started communicating, yep. which is just easy because I don't I don't need to sit down and write anything. You can do it on the run. Um, you just record a message and uh, whether it's audio or video or whatever, and off it goes. So um, let's yeah, I will say the voice memo, the voice memo gets, gets you halfway there, by the way, whether it's Fox or just an invoice yeah. memos through text, yep. the, hearing your voice will go a long way to personalizing it. It's, I think it's even better to shoot the videos, but either way, man, like get in there and get personal with your clients, yep. build that relationship. Yep. hundred um, percent. So Joel, let me ask you, what did you add to your toolbox this year? What uh, what what kind of stood out? Are there any kind of standout products or, or yeah, items? Quite or a few things. Tools? Okay. Quite a few things. But the number one thing, the thing that I want to share with everyone is actually what I'm using right now. And you and I were talking about it yesterday. First of all, your video for this call looks great. You've moved to a mirrorless camera, a small Correct. like a DSLR type yep. uh, camera. It's wired into your computer and that's your webcam now. I have thought about that for years and been like, well, someday I'll make the purchase. This year, I think it sort of solved itself for me. Mine is not quite to your quality, but it's a great image and I'm getting good video just by using my iPhone. So Mac built something into the latest operating system, Sonoma, I believe is what it's called, but it's it 10.14 or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, if you update to the latest one and you have an iPhone, you don't even need anything else. You're, you're already set up. There's an, uh, a setting called continuity camera that will, if your phone is stationary and near your laptop, 
boom, you can choose it as a webcam and go. And you're like, well, how do I make it stationary? Put it on a tripod. Mm -hmm. They make little attachments. We'll put one in the link for the, the show notes on this, Ray. Uh, the one that I use is literally a little adhesive uh, piece of metal stuck to the back of my laptop. And then there's a piece that folds and unfolds with a magnet on the end of it. And that snaps onto magnetically the back of my phone, right? right? So when I'm ready to make a call, I slap my phone above my laptop, which is where it's sitting right now. And I've got a high quality uh, webcam, right. whereas quality. all of the webcams in the the uh, uh, Mac laptops and even their desktops are still pretty terrible, to be yeah. honest. And yeah. even even on the Windows side, those uh, a lot of those have much better um, cameras, but they're often in weird angles. I have a client the other day, his his camera in his laptop, and this is like in the last year or two, the camera is in the hinge between the screen and the keyboard so it's always looking right up his nose <laughs> you know i was like i don't well they could put a bigger module that? down there Mac. right so it's a high quality camera no it's like a lenovo or something i can't remember right. what uh brandy had but anyway that was the first one i'd seen like that i'd heard that that was a thing so they did a while back but anyway my point is if you can externalize the camera you can get a better angle than you could otherwise, and you could get a much higher quality image. And of course, the the way to go is to do as you did and make the mirrorless camera purchase. But Let even me. without laying that money out, yeah, you can do it with your iPhone. And even if you're not a Mac user, Ray, yeah. there is a piece of software called Camo Studio made by a company called Reincubate. Uh, that you can purchase that software, maybe a subscription model, but I think there's a one-time purchase available too. And that will work even on Windows laptops with okay. your iPhone. If you're an iPhone user that uses Windows, and I've got some clients that do that. Um, so this is a really, op it's kind of like a middle option between the crap that you've got built into your machine and uh, you know the high-level mirrorless camera okay. like you've chosen to do. We're gonna, Joel, we're going to need to put some, uh, put some, um, some links here in the show notes uh, when we're done. So I'll, I'll do a little list. Let me give you a quick demo, actually. So I've got a Sony camera. It's not a digital SLR. It's a, oh. it's, it's mirrorless. I don't even know what mirrorless means, but it's mirrorless. Um, and uh, I can't show you because it's actually, oh, maybe I can. Um, anyway, this this is what it's like without it. Oh, that's me. Hang on. <laughs> Will that put the camera back on? Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there it is. That's yeah. what it's like so without it. We're getting all the top light because the you you yeah, can't change where the camera's like located, right? Where whereas your mirrorless, you've got it set up exactly where you want, so you've got a good image behind you. Yeah. Uh, that's again just the externalizing of the camera, taking the camera out of wherever it is on the laptop itself. That we I say laptop. Some people obviously use desk, desktop setups, but like let's be realistic. Laptops are ninety percent of the computer market on Mark. both Mac and PC. Yep. So yep. it's like, it's what we use, especially in the real estate space or mortgage space where you're, you got to be mobile on a regular basis. Like who's using a desktop yeah. anyway, don't be stuck with the webcam that's built into your machine, at least externalize it in some way. And even just being able to pick your camera angle will make a world of difference. Yep. Instead of trying to configure different software to run your real estate business, Real Ads Agents solve the problem. 
with a fully loaded tech bundle that saves them over 85% in monthly costs. The platform includes a stunning CRM, an easy-to-drive social media ads manager, an online design tool, and templates to create all your marketing, a reputation management tool to quickly build five-star reviews, sales funnels to generate leads on autopilot, and lots more, including 24-7 tech support. There's never been a real estate tech stack like Real Ads. Discover the future of real estate marketing by Googling Real Ads CRM. That's R-E-A-L-A-D-S CRM. A lot of my clients now, their first time with 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 a new client, with a selling client, uh, is a Calendly call or an appointment that's linked to their Zoom. Um, so they need really good video. I think they need really good video. So I'm encouraging my clients to be able to set up, get a setup like this. It's really straightforward. It's easy. The only issue I've got with it is that I'm looking under the lens now. If I look up there, I'm looking at the lens. So I'm looking kind of just under the lens because it's sitting above the the top of my of my Mac. But it is what it is. I can't really do anything more. I, I'll I'll take the quality over over anything else. So what else has, has grabbed you this year? Well, so that goes to what you mentioned earlier, Ray, the prompter. So Elgato is a company who's made a bunch of great software and primarily they've been playing in like the streamer space. So think people who are playing video games and streaming on Twitch or something like that. Or I I suppose a lot of those people are green screen. I've got it up at the base. I use it to shoot up there because it'll, you can put your, you can shoot and then you can, um, what what is it with screencast? You can yeah, just chroma key, chroma put whatever like yeah, you can put whatever like, behind you instead you, of yeah, put a put a yeah. fake background or something. Correct. So so Elgato makes stuff like that. They make lights, they make microphones, they make uh, the stream deck, which yeah. you and I mentioned uh, off recording, but we haven't mentioned here. That's a cool piece of like external big buttons. You can change things that you're doing on screen for live streamers or like webinars. It would be great too to be able to slide in graphics or presentations and things yeah. like that. Change your overlays or change camera angles whatever but the piece of uh, tech that they've just come out with like it just came out i think in end of october maybe first of november or something and it's currently out of stock uh you and i linked to it earlier and we're waiting for it to come back in but it's like 279 dollars is what they're selling it for they call it the prompter yeah and it's literally a nine inch digital screen little 1080p nine inch screen that is flat with a mirror above it, all in one box, plug it in via USB-C uh, to your laptop, your your machine, whatever, and sit it on top. You can mount it anywhere. It's got cold shoe attachments too, so you could put, uh, you know, a, a a mic on top of it. You could put. I'm trying to think what else you might want to put in there. One of the things that you can do though is there are multiple attachments for the back of it for all sorts of cameras to go behind it. And the yeah. idea is that you can project anything you want to on that screen just use it as an external screen from your laptop. And then the mirror makes that go on top, but you can see through the mirror when you change the transparency. And most importantly, the camera behind it can see you through the mirror. So just as you said, Ray, right now, if you're looking at your screen, you're reading a script or you're looking at me, that's sort of just below your camera angle. Everybody can see the reading. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or or at least they can see that you're not looking at them. There's not that, like if you're in a one-on-one meeting with a client, there's not that one-on-one eye contact to feel the intimacy, right? That direct connection. The teleprompter allows you to do that. You can make a Zoom call. And again, you can even turn down the transparency on the screen so that you can see exactly where the camera is behind it if you want to, to really zero it in. But for reading a, a script, 
for making those Zoom calls, for yeah. um, you know anything where you want to maintain eye contact, but you also need to have information or be aware of something. Yeah. The teleprompter is a really cool idea. And obviously, that's been available previously in pieces. Most people buy a kit. They put your own iPhone into it, or they put an iPad into it, maybe. And that would serve as the screen that would then be projected onto the mirror. But in this yeah. case, it's all in one unit. Just takes one cord, plug it into your laptop, and your and your go, you go from anywhere. That's the other thing. It's a small thing. You could put it in a in a bag and carry it with you to, you know, um, uh, Vegas, uh, the hotel or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're all going to Vegas. How are you going for time? <laughs> You're not going today, are you? Um, I'm not going today. No, okay. So the thing, like, long story short, with all, with all of that, guys, is. You're looking at the camera and you're reading, but people can't tell that you're reading because you're looking right yeah. at the camera. You're not looking above the camera or below the camera. You're looking right down the barrel and you're reading and you're confident and you can make your make your presentation. So that is a really cool tech tool. Um, it even it, allows for orientation, Ray. So yes. you could shoot you could shoot reels with the teleprompter as well. Did I tell you? Yeah, I think I did. I um, uh, I, I was just down in Australia and I'm um, staying down in Ocean Grove and Bowen Heads where my, where my folks are. And my brother Andy came down and he likes to go for a swim in the river down there. So I just I did this stupid video and posted it to TikTok, and the things had three hundred and sixty thousand views, and it just said. Andy said, "Yeah, well, anytime you put Australian and and shark in the in the caption, you're going to get some you're going to get some views." But uh, TikTok's an amazing thing, isn't it? How do how uh, how do we apply that to real estate? Do you think? Uh, it, TikTok is TikTok is really really something. I I refused it for the longest time. I I watched. You know, my wife loved it like instantly. As soon as anybody was downloading TikTok, she was on it and watching videos, and she was sharing sharing them with me at night. And often she would share things that I would enjoy, but at the same time, right. All of my life, even before things like streaming and whatever, it has bothered me that we are forced to take the entertainment that is given to us. Correct. So when I was a kid, you sit down, turn on the TV, Two channels, you have maybe 12. Well, back in, um, yeah, but by the time I was around, I got about 12 or 13, maybe, <laughs> right? Uh, I was I was explaining that to my kid. I said, when I started, I had like 12 channels. When I was about 15, we got 50 channels. That was, We've got real extended cable, right? And there were 50 channels. And then when I was in college, we got digital cable and there were 200, Remy, can you imagine <laughs> it? Anyway, but still, even with 200 channels, what's on is what's on. And those are all the choices you had. And it always felt to me like a, a misapplication of our free time, right? This yeah. is not the way that we were intended to be. Yeah. And so as soon as the streaming thing came available, that just immediately resonated with me. And I was like, I want to go in specific. I'm I'm watching this and I'm choosing this for this time. And I'm choosing that for this time, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So TikTok seems like the opposite of that. Why would I go backwards where it's just whatever you feed me, you know, and swipe, swipe, swipe. I was wrong. I was wrong. First and foremost, if you feed the algorithm, that's what I was missing, right? And Kelly had tried to explain that to me. She said, well, you have to tell it what you like. You yeah. have to like things. You have to skip past things you don't like. You have to search things out. If you feed the algorithm, and this goes not just for TikTok, right? But this goes for Facebook. This goes for Instagram. This goes for any social media place, YouTube as well. If you feed the algorithm what you want, it will reward you with what you've asked for. Right. I have a great client, Kyle Draper, who made a video just a couple of weeks ago. He said, I hear people all the time that say, I can't get on social media. There's so much negativity. Mm -hmm. Social media gives you what you allow and what you want. 
Yeah. Right. So yeah. if you allow the negativity, it will continue to give it to you. If you yeah. want the negativity secretly and you're not admitting that to yourself, it'll give you that too. If you're yeah. messy for drama. So TikTok is great if you ask it what you want from it. So in your case, as a real estate agent, as a, as a mortgage officer, as a business owner, what am I looking for in TikTok? First, first of all, I am looking for a little entertainment, right? Because we all need to relax and unwind. I'm mostly looking for though, other people who are working hard to build their business, to yep. help other people, to spread a positive message, et cetera, et cetera. Stuff. And when you tell TikTok that, boy, it'll give it to you, man. Yeah. And that's that's true for YouTube too. You got to feed the algorithm what you want and it will give it to you. And and be aware of what you're really asking for when you're going to social media too. Don't sit and complain if what you're looking for is, you know, news about the Royals or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Joel, speaking about news, I heard recently, uh, I was listening to a podcast or something, but in the 50s, Time Magazine was struggling for sales for uh, circulation or subscriptions or whatever. And um, the editorial department or somebody there came up with the idea of let's experiment with uh, promoting some bad, bad news because it was, it was all kind of good news, good, you know, little pump up stuff. And so they started promoting bad news. Uh, and they started featuring bad news articles, you know, things that had catastrophes that had happened, and the ratings took off. And now the world, social media included, uh, and all the news channels, you look at you look at CNN, you look at any news channel, you know, bad negative news dominates. Everybody wants to see the disaster, don't they? So it's um, I find that quite negative, so it's just uh, easier to switch off. Speaking of streaming, have you seen, uh, have you watched that movie yet, Leave the World Behind? On netters? Oh you... no! Okay, oh, so that so... is, I'm I'm currently so I want to go on a Christmas movie binge, okay. so that's what I'm asking Kelly for. But that is her top requested movie currently. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, I I believe she's a big Julia Roberts fan. I know I am, uh, and I like when Netflix takes big swings. I, yeah. In general, Netflix is not my favorite streaming service. I, I watch a lot of Max. I watch a lot of uh, Hulu. I watch Disney. a good bit on Disney Plus, I suppose. Yeah, I watch like I watch all their Star Wars and and um, Marvel content, of course. But it, I I think Netflix Netflix is in the driver's seat, right? They were the they were the prime mover in this space, and they have have continued to make good choices. And even if you think about like the recent. Uh, rash where everybody kind of panicked and they're like none of these streamers make us money oh my goodness that started because netflix said that mm -hmm. it's it was so interesting in hindsight i wonder if there's not a story of an investigative story to be made about like was that a feint by netflix to screw up all these other big media companies because <laughs> literally netflix went oh my goodness we're not going to make our expectation for this quarter That's and right. their investors dropped the stock yeah. Every other streaming company didn't like Disney, for instance, they didn't have bad quarterlies. They were reacting to the investors going, well, are you making money yet on your streaming service? And nobody was, nobody is yet still, but because of Netflix's reaction, there was this domino effect. Everybody kind of did something different. They're bundling, they're, they're lowering prices. They're all bringing in ad tiers, et cetera, et cetera. And then Netflix, once all of that goes, all the other companies had reacted, Netflix goes, Ah, uh, we're fine actually. This quarter is going to be great, yeah. and their and their stock is back up and everything. Anyway, they're in the driver's seat, and so that means that they can spend a boatload of money on big takes. And th there's a one-two punch, right? Did Did you see the trailer for Civil War yet? No, no. Okay, Anything? I'm the trailer looks something, man. It's okay. I mean, it's literally a modern day Civil War in America, and the trailer does not make it clear oh, exactly not, what why not, it what oh. it, ha it happens over. 
Uh oh, it's like a. But new, it's, it's oh, okay. That's not. Good. I don't. I don't know. Nick Offerman plays the president, like the American president, and right. and California and Texas are apparently united in this uh, secession or whatever. Which would like I pay money to say that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Anyway, but uh, that again is like a huge, big budget movie. It looks like you know a bajillion dollars, and it's going to go straight to streaming, right. which is is. I don't know. It's it's a big gamble. And I look at what Apple did most recently with uh, Napoleon and Killers of the Flower Moon, yep. which are big budget prestige movies, that right? Yet? Those aren't, that, that I haven't watched either one of them yet. Killers of the Flower hours. Moon is out if you buy it or rent right. it. I'm waiting for it to just go onto the service, honestly. Here's, right. I love Marty Scorsese. I love DiCaprio. I love De Niro. I think in particular, Scorsese in his latter days has made some amazing films. Like The Irishman is great. But it's too long. Uh, any younger director would have been forced to trim that in a way that would have been advantageous for the overall story. It would have played better. And yeah. I think that's probably going to be the case for Killers of the Flower Moon, too. Meanwhile, Napoleon went the other way. The film version that's out in theaters, people are complaining because it seems like it's too tightly cut. It's like barely two hours. I hear there's a miniseries version that they're going to put out on Apple TV that's like six. So yeah. I'm really excited about that. Uh, Quentin Tarantino did that several years ago on Netflix with... What was the name of the movie? Um, the Hateful Eight. Yep. Uh, so he put out like a two hour version or two and a half hour version in theaters. And then like two years later on Netflix, there is a, I think it's like six hours long. It's a mini series. There's three or four episodes. Okay. Um, and it's way better than the original movie. Anyway, I like Netflix taking advantage of the big pile of cash they have and the fact that they are the top dog in the streaming space to actually take chances like that. They're, you know, they're, they're spending on games too, right? I think that's yeah. interesting. And the lesson that we can all take as business owners is like experiment. Like there are areas, there are areas and avenues that your competitors are not going into. And if you have a position of strength, if you're in a good market, if you have good reserves, if you have lots of savings, like that's the time to put your competitors that much further behind you yep. by putting some, some skin in the game. Yep, um, Ray, I want to ask you something okay. along the lines of news and along the lines of the, leaving the world behind, I think, from the trailer anyway, is like a oh, you apocalyptic film. Right. You, yeah, you I'm looking forward to it. Paddle up on the couch and watch that one. So I've heard from more than a few real estate agents some version of, oh, my business is really tight right now, and so I'm reassessing what I'm doing here yep. and there. And I, how can I get some clients today? Uh, I know like content creation is a long-term game. These are the things that I'm hearing from some of these folks. Right. What happened in 2023 in the real estate market? What are, and I know, I know I'm speaking obviously to more American clients than you are probably, but the economic effects uh, that are taking place in America are taking place globally, largely. Yep. And the, the market swings and it swings all over the globe. So yep. what's happening right now and what's okay. about to happen? What's what's happened over the last year and a bit, I think, since since the pandemic, since everything sort of finished up, or well, the pandemic as we know it, and we were able to take our masks off, the volume of property for sale shrunk, in many cases, less than 50%, which I mean, the market ebbs and flows, and real estate's one of those things that lives in a lives in a completely um, you know, there is no recommended retail price on real estate, as I say. So it lives in a free market environment. So, you know, they're saying here in Canada, oh, it's, uh, it's you know, that it costs you. So there's a Niagara Falls, there's a Canadian Niagara Falls, and there's a there's a there's a Niagara Falls uh, city in New York State, as you probably know, the other side of the the other side yeah. of the falls, right? 
where uh, where one that last great lake is that Lake Erie comes into Lake Ontario. Um, I think so. Something something like that. I so think it's Erie. <laughs> the the you'll pay twice as much for a house in Niagara Falls, Canada, that you will in Niagara Falls, New York, New York State. Um, but it's just supply and demand. Property is just supply and demand. What's happened inside our industry is that because there's less properties for sale, the market was probably cooling because it was way overheated during COVID. You know, we bought a property during COVID right at the start before before any pandemic had been declared, and we thought that we were going to lose our shirts. Uh, as it turned out, as we all know, the market took off. You know, lifestyle properties took off. People said, okay, I'm not here for a long time. I'm here for a good time. I can get internet at my property. I'm going to work remote. I'm going to change jobs. The whole world changed. Um, but fortunately in all of this, we've basically had what the economists call a soft landing. There has We haven't gone headlong into any recession yet. I don't think we're really about to. I think there's too much demand. There's too much pent-up consumer demand. But what happened with property? It's just less properties for sale. And there was just as many real estate agents. So if I if I you know if there were you know twenty properties for sale in my specific little patch at any one time suddenly there were eight or ten uh, and just as many agents trying to list them all so that's what agents are complaining about or or that's what they're commenting about um, now a lot of agents uh, and and I maintain we've had a property boom that's been you know going essentially since the the mid nineties so. You know, since since about 94, 95, there's been a property boom. We've had a little checking in 2008. But apart from that, property has just continued on and on and on. Um, my wife and I bought a house in, in Melbourne, in, in Victoria. In, uh, in 94, we paid 284000 for it, put a first story on. Maybe we spent another hundred or two. Back then, you could, you could do that. Um, that same property now is worth like close to three and a half million um so that's 94 to now so what are we talking what's that 30 years the market has just you know cranked along um so property is such a fabulous investment and i think deep down people know that but what's happening in our in our industry is there's still as many agents looking for that slice of the pie and there's and there's less pie so that's what's going on with that that makes it makes total sense the the one thing that I, I do know is that home ownership abroad, especially in Europe, but I think this is true even in Australia and Canada, home ownership is not the default in the same way that it is in expectation, at least in America. Am I right in that? How do you mean? Well, I think, I think if you ask any American, I mean, literally any American, they expect to own their home at yeah. some point in their life. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily, from what I've gathered anyway, I don't think that's true in most of the rest of the world. The real question I'm getting at here, Ray, is there something that, um, particularly in Australia and Canada, you've seen in where you have multifamily structures that are creatively owned. I, I imagine we move to, and especially in the South, like here, I'm, I'm in largely a rural area and you know, community dwelling is not something that people think about, high-rise apartments or anything like that. But I do see with this continued like housing shortage, those prices are never coming down in the way that we envision them. You know, Some people sitting out there like, well, I'll buy when the market cools off. The market is never cooling off in the way that you imagine it's going to, right? So 
housing prices will continue to to rise. I don't see uh, in our political systems, either in your country or mine, that there's going to be a drastic change in people's lived experience, you know, as far as like wages are not going to double or triple. And if they did, we'd have uh, uh, inflation to a level that would be uncomfortable. So what is the solution for America as it continues to look more and more generationally? I mean, like Canada, like Australia, like even closer to Europe over time. Is there some like multifamily dwelling idea that is like the next wave that real estate agents and mortgage officers could start thinking about? Yeah. Well, necessity is the mother of invention, isn't it? Um, you know what, Joel? Why don't we wrap this episode up right now and we'll do a part two? I love that idea. There, okay. We're going to leave you on a cliffhanger. Is there is there a new product that, that <laughs> Americans gonna, can gain from Canadians and Australians? I'm going to come back and answer that in the very next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a blast. Joel, see you in five. Thanks. When you're ready to move up to an insanely fast full suite platform, Real Ads delivers everything the modern agent needs, including online design tools, social media ads manager, landing pages, websites, email and text messaging, CRM, customized ebooks, and much more. There's never been a real estate tech stack like Real Ads. Discover the future of real estate marketing by Googling Real Ads CRM. That's R E A L A D S C R M. Yeah.